0: Welcome to another episode of the DH Effect. For us, we believe we find a decided heart through personal reflection of our identity, the active building of trust relationships, and a commitment to finding where we can belong and create belonging. When we take action with our decided heart to create positive change around us, that is the decided heart effect. So I'm Hillary, this is my beautiful co-host, Sonia, and today we are joined by one of my favorite people, Darcy Loma. She is phenomenal. She is the author of Thoughtfully Fit. She is a master certified coach. In fact, she actually created a program at the University of Madison uh, around life coaching, dynamic facilitator. She is an incredibly motivating speaker. She's worked as a director for a U.S. senator, Herb poll. he's awesome, (laughs) deputy transition director for a governor, and on the national advance team for two U.S. presidential campaigns. She's also the owner of Darcy Loma Coaching and Consulting, and she's worked in 48 different industries with more than 500 organizations to create high-performing people and teams. So, this does not surprise me at all. Darcy has been named the region, her region in Wisconsin's favorite executive and life coach four times. I mean, she's one of my favorite humans, so this does not surprise me. And she balances her thriving business by raising two amazing, energetic teenagers. She does a lot of adventure travel. And I mean, why not just to throw it in there? She also does triathlons. And something that's not in the bio, She's also one of my personal mentors, starting from college when she was my TA in my very, very first leadership class. So she kind of started it all for me. And I followed her ever since, calling on her wisdom. So thank you so much for joining us today, Darcy.
1: Oh, what a great introduction. Hillary, it's so wonderful to be here. It's nice to be a part of this movement that you are creating uh, together. I love it. Wow.
2: I mean, speaking of movement, Darcy, (laughs) we're just like just really anchored to you because you have created such shifts and movements in multiple areas of your life. And decided heart moments are the times we have this experience, but we stop, we pause in that experience, we reflect on it. And then we say, huh, I'm having feelings here. I'm welcoming welcoming it to tea. And how am I going to take action? And so the effect part is truly important to us. How do we create impact and effect based on our decided heart moments and we are just so curious about yours um can you start with sharing i know you're going to have multiple but what was one decided heart moment that really started off um thoughtfully fit and your coaching Mm,
1: thank you what a beautiful concept to pause and reflect on those those pivotal moments those those heart moments I, i think one of the first ones was when I launched my business, um, and it's all about leadership and team building and communication and conflict. I was using everybody else's models because there's really good stuff out there, Stephen Covey and Jim Collins, good to great, and emotional intelligence. And for me, uh, one of my decided hearts moments was when I had this awareness that My clients, I kept noticing, my my coaching clients all were bringing similar issues, similar problems to coaching. And I decided that I wanted to research and figure out what are the themes, what are the patterns, and is there a model that I can create that would really speak to me and to my clients that would help them create high performance in their lives? Personally and professionally, and so that started this five-year process of researching, taking thousands of hours of client uh, conversations, and uh, coming up with Thoughtfully Fit and the model that we now use with with all of our with all of our clients. That was big, like for me to lean into the the confidence to say, I think we have something we could develop and put out in the world. Before that. I never would have had the, the strength or confidence to do that.
2: For sure.
0: Can you give a little insight too on what Thoughtfully Fit is as we start to look at, I mean, I, your book is absolutely amazing and it's such a gift. In fact, you even have something that you say uh, in the book that says, this book is my training plan, my mm-hmm. hard earned gift to you. I loved that. That really, I had to sink into that for a moment. And I know you're going to share with us why it was hard earned, but tell us a little bit about thoughtfully fit.
1: In a nutshell, I started to notice that one of the main issues that clients brought into coaching was their We all have thoughts, something happens and we we have an immediate, we have a first thought and our thoughts dictate our actions. And when they would come in and say, Darcy, oh, I I was in this board meeting and somebody uh, attacked me. My first thought is what an idiot. And so I yelled back and now I have a bigger mess to deal with. And so when we start to look at what are our thoughts that lead to our actions and if we can assess, is this thought serving me or is this thought sabotaging me? We then can act more thoughtfully based on that awareness and so it's a metaphor for being physically fit I've, I've been an athlete my whole life and in order to be able to do a 5k or a marathon or play a pickup uh, ultimate frisbee game you need to train and, be, and practice and when you train and practice physically every movement's easier In the same way, we can train our minds. We can train our thoughts so that when obstacles happen, when there are hurdles, we can handle ourselves thoughtfully and our lives and relationships are easier. And it's not because we don't have conflict and adversity and challenges. It's because we've been training, practicing, and instead of overreacting and doing something that makes it worse, that now not only do you have the original challenge, you now have the added dynamics of having to clean up the mess that you made from not handling yourself thoughtfully. Instead, you can pause and think in that moment, act thoughtfully and then get back to doing what matters most to you.
2: Yeah, I think that you know, you've really raised a good point that it takes practice. And so we hear a lot of verbiage of just do this, just do this and this will fix your world. Well, you know, there's a time, there's a transition of you know, doing it well and I think we should allow ourselves the grace of practicing. And the sooner, I think that's what it is, the sooner that we can recognize something, sit in it and, and, and welcome it and acknowledge it, then we can turn it around, convert it, embrace it, whatever whatever action we do. I think the issue is when we didn't even know it was there for so long. It sat in our minds in our, and then it planted itself in our hearts. And then 10 years later, we're wondering why we're responding to certain stimulus in this terrible way because we never recognized and settled with it in the very first place. So I really, truly appreciate that. I think also there is, okay, the individual and then that belonging, that connection and your background with all the things, whether it's politics, nonprofit work, you said something in one of your interviews about really observing how people interact with each other. How, I'm just so curious, how how did that observation and how humans interact and connect impact this design of Thoughtfully Fit?
1: 100%. It, and when, when we look at Thoughtfully Fit, there's internal and there's external. So there's three internal practices where we get in our own way, and then there are three external practices where we have challenges in relationships with other people. I probably learned most, I mean, as Hillary knows, I've been studying leadership and emotional intelligence and team building for decades probably the greatest learning was me being in positions of leadership when I screwed up, when I failed, when I had war protesters come in and take over the Senator's office and I did not handle myself thoughtfully and it was a mess and it was awful. And so I kept looking at the themes of the, not only first my own life and mistakes, but then what my clients were bringing in, the challenges that they're having with other people. Because the reality is people, are messy, complicated individuals, relationships are hard and nobody's perfect. And thoughtfully fit takes that into account in terms of looking at how can you find grace and flexibility to accept others for who they are? And how can you voice your own opinion with compassion and here they have the curiosity to find out someone else's opinion how do you stay in that space that those aren't skills that are that are easy
0: to come by they're things you have to practice and train to be able to do well well and it's not only do you have to practice and train but you have to decide that you want to do better that you want to be better I mean it really does start That's one of the things that I admire and love so much about the Thoughtfully Fit model is that it really goes back to our core belief as well, which is that it all starts with a decision. Otherwise, we're passive and we're victims in our life, right? We're just waiting for the things to happen. But if we decide how we want to show up, if we decide how we want to leave others feeling, those are decisions. And because of that, just like when you decide to do a triathlon, you don't just show up and say, well, I hope I swim well, <laughs> you know, you have to work at it every, and then there's forgiveness. There's days that you train better than other days. There's days that you don't feel right. There's days that all of those things. And so putting it together and learning that model, you know, I think that there's grace and it makes me excited because in fact, I was just talking to my daughter about this last night about how she was saying that she wishes she was really, really great at one thing, that she felt really, really, she was confident at times, but she said, I wish I was, there was one thing I was just super confident in. And I said, aren't you super confident in the fact that you're always growing? I said, I'm so super confident that you will always grow, that you will always learn, you will always be better tomorrow than you were the day before, because that's who you are.
1: That's
2: a beautiful story.
1: <laughs>
0: Thank
2: you. I'm thinking there is the one of your most significant client of Thoughtfully Fit that has a story, a huge story, and it was yourself. And I find, you know, that to me, I was taken back as as I listened to the story because when we find the Eureka program or the aha, like I think I found the equation and I can help so many people. I'm thinking as entrepreneurs, a lot. Okay, I'm just to say, to me, the last person on that, the first list would be myself. Like, I I don't think I've ever thought of, well, I'm going to rely on this. Can you share a little bit about that moment? And that was a decided heart moment as well.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I had been
2: studying, researching, and creating this model
1: for years. And it officially came to life. I will not forget the moment, the day on a Saturday in March of 2016, where we all the years of hard work, just was like, this is it. And it was five days later that I got a phone call from my neighbor asking me what's going on at your house. Uh, And I said, I'm not home. Why? And she said, Darcy, there's 40 or 50 police cars and a SWAT team with guns surrounding the house. And they just took out your husband in handcuffs. I was like, what, what, what are you what are you talking about? That moment changed my life forever. My husband of 10 years, full-time stay-at-home dad of our two young daughters, was arrested for sexual assault of a minor he had met online. He was taken away and he never came home. He handled everything on the house front with the daughters, with the, garage, uh, uh, the uh, groceries, the lawn, you, you you, name it, he did it. The charges were so severe that I had to hire my own attorney. He had an attorney, he's in jail. And my attorney said, Darcy, don't talk to anybody about anything. This, this is severe. Uh, sent my girls to live in Minnesota because it was all over the news media for for weeks, for months. And I realized at that moment, that decided heart moment, that I was ground zero to test drive this brand new Thoughtfully Fit model that I had finalized five days earlier. I became on the front lines because I all of a sudden had more hurdles, more adversity, more people problems than I ever could have imagined. And that's what the Thoughtfully Fit book is about, is is sharing not only the model, but how it helped me in these challenging, tragic times, and then how it can help others, even on, on smaller things. When your coworker is annoying, when your neighbor's mowing the lawn at seven in the morning on Saturday, things that life happens that annoy us, um, and sharing some of those strategies and case studies.
0: Life, as you know, it has changed and it would have been so easy for you to shut down and you didn't you chose not to, you, you, were, you moved forward and you continued to help other people, which to me just blows my mind, the, the level of resilience that you showed through all of this and the courage and the vulnerability to still show up and share it because you had been in the public eye you know, you still are in the public eye and there had to have been so many different emotions and working through, I mean, there was no reason for you to feel shame, but yet that shame monster creeps in and all of these things that happen. So how did you push through that?
1: Mm -hmm. It was so incredibly hard. And I'll tell you my instinct, my default was to to work harder, to, to be in productivity mode. Um, and I hired a crisis communication specialist because it, this, this, was, this was not just a 48-hour news, news cycle and went away, this went on and on and on as they had found more and more um, suspects and, and victims. And my crisis communicator, she said, Darcy, nobody will fault you for what John did but they will fault you for not being a present mom. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. She said, you need to take a couple of months off and get your house in order. I, my default was not to hit the pause button to, to, to think and reflect and be thoughtful and how I'm acting. My default, as it is with many of my clients, is just to react and be in the moment and do what you do best. Um, that was a huge decided heart moment for me to choose, to hit the pause button on my business, being productive on my clients, to be able to address this trauma, to be able to find therapists for the girls, for myself, figure out how to navigate the legal system, the divorce. And then through that, I honestly believe because of that pause, And taking the time to really think about how I wanted to show up so that then I could act thoughtfully instead of just being in this autopilot, which I think if I hadn't done that, I'd be paying for it now. I'd be resentful. I'd be angry. That allowed me the space to process and deal with this, to even, even to find forgiveness for John and to choose forgiveness. Those were some things that didn't come naturally, but because I had been, creating this model, this thoughtfully fit and training and teaching and coaching others, all of a sudden, uh, as Sonia, you said it so beautifully, I became the client and I needed to execute all of these strategies for my own life.
2: And you know, I'm I'm resonating again because I work with a lot of young people and the act of busyness has become such a distractor. It's It's efficient for us to handle, to avoid hard things. Mm -hmm. let's not face those hard things let's just be really busy because it feeds the ego like Mm -hmm. oh my god look at all the things I'm accomplishing oh look at these lists of achievements and awards isn't it so great and we're like moving really fast and I'm so stressed out because I'm so busy but when we speak the stillness of it is hard I mean first of all to even know what it is to, to not move so much brain mentally and physically and then to face the ones that we love most and to face ourselves and really dig in deep you know that i think is what we fear so much and it's awesome because your model helps people who want to come from up here to really get down here and i think that's just so powerful and that 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 busyness is a is almost in some cases a way of
1: numbing out and when you carve out the time to practice stillness it is the opportunity to feel those feelings and to be able to then deal with the stuff you need to deal with. So instead of like the buoy, we push the buoy in the water and you push, it down. I'm not going to, it's not a big deal. I'm going to just spit that you put at some point, it pops up with a greater force and, and an unexpected time than if you just allow those feelings to uncover. That's hard work to do. That was hard work for me to create that pause and to step into that stillness. And it's exactly then, just like when when you're an athlete, if you're going to lift weights, you have to have rest days. That's when your muscles rebuild stronger. You have to create stillness so that you can be intentional and strategic and innovative and creative and live the life that you want instead of just going through the motions on default on autopilot.
0: That's so important. The life by design instead of defaults. It truly is. And when you see, you know, we've, we talked about this with our last guest, Ella, uh, a lot about meeting the pain. And it's so interesting. You know, I've noticed with clients too, when they want to, when they come to me and they want to change everything, I want to, ch- and I want to divorce and I want to do this and I want to change this and I want to change. It. And the first question I ask is, okay, so what are you outrunning? running? <laughs> you know and when we go backwards it's like oh wow okay let's take one thing at a time let's go all the way back and take one thing at, the, at a time so I do think that busyness is so important would you agree Darcy that when we find ourselves over committed over busy saying yes to everything that it may be a really important time for us to stop and really think about connecting with our heart and figuring out what's really going on
1: Yes, absolutely. And at the core of Thoughtfully Fit, there's three steps. How do, how do you handle yourself thoughtfully? You pause, think, and act. And you just beautifully stated that essence. And when you're over-functioning, overwhelmed, oftentimes I have found your thoughts are driving the actions that are creating that overwhelm, that overfunctioning. So somebody asks you and says, Hillary, would you be willing to chair the fundraising committee for this awesome nonprofit? First thought is, Oh my gosh, if I say no, they're not going to like me. Mm -hmm. Our thoughts create our actions. All of a sudden here you are right. I'm saying, yes, this is what happens. Our thoughts create our actions. And so if we are not able to set boundaries and the thought is, well, I, I don't want them to be upset. That's the first thought. We have our first thoughts. That's okay. That's normal. That's human. And oftentimes, those first thoughts are sabotaging thoughts. The key is to pause and think Is this thought serving me? Well, I love this mission. I love this nonprofit, but right now, I have kids. I have a podcast. I have a business I'm running. I cannot give it 100% and have the, the, the work life balance that I want. So maybe the thoughtful action is to say, thank you for thinking of me. I I can't chair the fundraising committee, but you know what? I can do two things. A, I can write a check because I believe in your mission. And B, I just had breakfast with somebody last week who was wanting to step into some more volunteering and servant leadership. If you'd like, I'm happy to make that introduction. So then you wake up on Tuesday of the first fundraising meeting. And instead of feeling regret, like, oh, why did I say yes to that? you aren't overwhelmed because you are acting more thoughtfully in your life internally
2: setting boundaries. That's hard to do. I need to listen to this long time ago. (laughs) I was like, Oh, but you know, what's so amazing about, about just that example, because you know, that sense of belonging is so important. And I think that's what saved you is that who, where do, who do I belong to? Who is, who's relying on me? And it was your family. Mm-hmm. But just in that sense of the fundraising, you didn't want to just detach and run away for the hills and be isolated. So you found this, this way of contributing and still belonging to the, to the energy and the mission of this group, yet still not sacrificing what was important and priority to you. I just think that's just so beautiful. And I'm going to start implementing <laughs> some of that. Yeah, like. And to ground that in the model, Sonia,
1: that is all about and thoughtfully fit. It's about balance. And, and with balance, you balance what do you want and need with what the other person wants and needs. So in this case, the organization, they want and need a fundraising chair. That's great, that's fine. But again, if you are out of balance and you're over-functioning, someone else is under-functioning, in the short-term that might work and the long-term it creates resentment. And mm-hmm. so it's about finding the balance. Okay. What do I want and need? I want to contribute to this great mission and I need to not add one more thing to my calendar. So how do we find that, that win-win and stay in that place? And it's about having the courage to state what you need with compassion so the other person can hear it and then have the curiosity to find out, hey, what do you think? I've got an idea. I have someone else. Would that be of interest to you so that you can try to really
0: stay in the win-win? Love it. I think it's so important you use the word boundaries, you know, and what's so important. So many people think that boundaries are about other people and boundaries. You can't control what other people do. Boundaries are your own operational guidelines. They're what you know works for you and then you act on it. So if someone mistreats you or disrespects you, the boundary gets crossed only if you stay in that relationship right? If you move to a different place, then that boundary isn't crossed, right? Because boundaries are not movable. So I think it's so interesting listening to what you're saying because being thoughtful, acting those the thoughtfully fit model really is a set of operational guidelines to how we can stay within our own boundaries and guidelines for ourselves and our own mental and physical well-being.
1: Yes, and you just stated it beautifully that, you can't set a boundary and say you, you, whoever you is point the finger cannot be disrespectful to me.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. Is that enforceable? No. (laughs) Right. I mean, people are going to do what they do and people can be toxic and mean, and you can't set the boundaries for them. It is just, okay. If you behave and treat me this way, this is what I'll do. This is my boundary. Um, I'm hanging up the phone now. I'm feeling disrespected when you can treat me with respect, call me back, Mm -hmm. click. That is, and that's a very empowering stance. If you are able to make that choice, right? It's about exploring your choices and being focusing on what you control. We don't control how other people treat us. We don't control adversity. We don't control bad events. We do control how we respond. It's amazing.
2: Well, I know that we have to close soon, and I feel like it's just been five minutes. <laughs> like we just yeah, right? we just broke the tip of the iceberg. There's so much to uncover. And um, is there anything else before we close in terms of Thoughtfully Fit? I know I, I know our um, audience and listeners are going to want to find you. How can they find you? We want to know more about the book. Well, wonderful. And, and so at the beginning
1: before we started, uh, Hillary had shared that she took the quiz. So is it okay if I just share where the resources? If somebody wants to, you can go to thoughtfullyfit.com and we have a quiz there that outlines those six obstacles, the six hurdles that get in the way of being high performing. This is research-based. And if you take the quiz, it'll spit out what's your biggest challenge, what's your biggest hurdle, and then you'll get some strategies on how do you overcome that and how can you start to train and practice to be able to deal with that hurdle in, in your life. So thoughtfullyvit.com has that quiz there. And if anybody wants to learn about our other services, keynote speaking or coaching, um, darcyloma.com is my firm's website.
0: Well, and we're going to have all of those um, links up in both the YouTube version of it. We'll be putting up on our social media as well. So if you're listening to this, you probably are accessing it through one of your podcast platforms or YouTube go into the information there that we have, the description, and we're gonna have all of these links. So it'll, it's so I, I, I was not surprised to find out that I had to work a little bit on balance. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know what I'd like to request? I would like to request if, if you could just create a little like a Darcy fairy that we could just keep on our shoulder, like all it's like just coaching me as I'm moving along. You know, maybe that can be an added, an added service. Um, just so, I'm just so inspired by you. I'm inspired by your story. If you could just feel my my heart beating right now with this energy, I'm like I'm ready to I'm ready to go out there and practice more. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> ready go out there. I feel it. It is so
1: fantastic. Um that you're inspired. That's my hope in the world is that we can deal with and handle the obstacles in a thoughtful way so that we can get back to doing what matters most.
2: Sure. Everyone, I hope that you have also anchored to this conversation. Thank you so much for joining us for another week of the DH Effect. Um, you better take some practice. Take that quiz. That's the first thing, right? Quiz.
0: By the, the book. book, number two. Okay.
2: All right. <laughs> <sorry. laughs> We're all going to take that quiz, and that's going to be a great starting point in terms of where do we pause. Thank you. And, wow. yep, the, quiz, <laughs> the book. There we go. There is our action plan right there. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can follow all these amazing episodes. You can replay replay Darcy's episode over and over and over again. Follow us on all of the podcast platforms that you listen to. And we're also continuing the conversations via Instagram and Facebook. So there's no reason for you to be like, oh, I didn't know that the conversation continued. It does on all of those things. So until next time, may you have the courage to live with a decided heart and anchor it to identity, trust, and belonging. Thank you, everybody.